Captain's Log, the podcast devoted to discussions and insights into pop culture with an emphasis on the supernatural, occult, and the all-around strange happenings of our world. Our mission? To boldly entertain like no one has before. Star date 03-16-2020. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log. I am your uh, host, Jose Via Jr., joined by a first mate and co-host, Mason Schrader. Hello! And we are back for the second half of our uh, Midwest, uh, Mysteries of the Midwest uh, Correct. series. So this is the second half of the... of. Um, <laughs> the second half of the Midwest, so we're doing... It's technically we're, part three of yeah, the Yeah, it's part three. We're, we're finalizing it with, um, uh, ne- uh, what is it, Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa. Listen, all right, time management is hard, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't... And I know, we know people don't want to listen to two hours of this. Right. So, we said two parts, it's now three parts. Yeah. You got a fucking problem, why don't you fight me, we'll all right? We'll get better. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to be jumping in again. We're this mid Midwest region that we are defining. Just in case you are jumping in, and this is your first episode, we're defining the Midwest as um, the following states of North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, and finally Iowa. The most boring song. Doesn't that just seem like the lamest song? You watch your fucking mouth, pal. <laughs> also, you can find parts one and two on the channel. You should listen yeah, to those you can, if you want. Yeah, uh, you can find them uh, on Spotify and Apple and Whatever wherever you're listening you get. To yeah. This chip, one yeah, yeah, f- you very smart person. Actually, thank Jesus you for tuning Christ, into the show. Stop that. Yeah, people listening. Okay, we're just gonna jump right back in again. Um, we're, we're examining these legends and we're just kind of giving you our little two cents on them. Um, last time we talked about uh, was it Indiana, Illinois, and Missouri? Correct. And now we are jumping in, starting with Kansas. Hey. So let's jump into it. We start by heading to the west to the sunflower state of Kansas, or as I like to call it, Asheville, USA. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? Because it's so fucking boring. Have you ever driven oh, to come Kansas? On. I, st- I stayed like three days there and it sucked. Hey, leave- nothing no, but fucking no. cows for miles. You stop it. Kansas is fine. Okay, fine. It's better than Iowa. It's not better than Iowa. That's what I thought. It's Asheville, USA. It's not. There's just be. Okay, listen. It's probably better than Iowa, actually, now that I think about no. it. No. It's fine. There's more. It stinks. It doesn't matter. It's the same as Iowa. Just leave a Kansas alone. There's one state that gets all the hate here. Missouri, I was joking about, by the way. So sorry about that, Missouri. There's one state that's going to get punched right in its stupid state butthole. Mm. Since at least the 1950s, visitors to the sand hills north of Hutchinson, Kansas, have been careful not to stray too far from the hiking trails, lest they encounter the deformed figure of the Hamburger Man. The legend goes a little like this. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. What? (laughs) On a pitch black night, two lovers sit in their parked car on 56th Street in Hutchinson. And then they got real hungry. (laughs) Yep. For a moment, it seems as if nothing exists. But then, as they stare into each other's eyes, suddenly they are brought back down to to earth by the terrifying sound of screeching metal. Oh my god, that sounds like screeching metal. The driver's side door is ripped open, and there stands the monstrous outline of a man, seven feet tall, a hook for hand, and reeking of rancid grease. A large head that looks like a burger between two It's buns. the mayor of, uh, it's what is Mayor it? McCheese. Yeah. <laughs> As the two lovers try to get away, they catch a glimpse of his face, horribly disfigured, looking almost like ground-up hamburger meat. They meet a horrific end as they are kidnapped and chopped up into hamburger meat themselves. Half ghost... Half monster, in full <laughs> stupidity, the hamburger man has stalked his way into to urban legend status through numerous generations. Wait, he's a half ghost, half I monster? I don't fucking know. That's what they describe it as. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> you fuck? can't be a half ghost and be a monster at the same time. You can't even you're be either a half- full ghost or yeah. you're full fucking monster. You can't even be half ghost. You can't be half ghost. You can't. Plain yeah, it doesn't make any you, fucking sense. You're not half dead. I mean, a genie, I guess, because their lower their lower part is like a ghost. <sighs> also, what? Shut up. 
The Hamburger Man has, has stalked his way to urban legend status through numerous generations. It is said, once he kidnaps his victims, he drags them back to his shack located deep within Sand Hill State Park. His weapon of choice is a large curved knife or a hook. There is some hey. disagreement as to... Hey, it's me. I'm the Hamburger Man. You're just a really big, fat guy with, like, you want a grease stains you on want your a shirt. Hamburger? No, I'm good. You seem really creepy, I'm going to so. make you into a hamburger. Please don't. I'm going to. Where's my pepper spray? No. It's just going to make me peppery and delicious. <laughs> oh, fuck my eyes! There's some disagreement as to what he may be, but with some speculating <laughs> he is a ghost. I know, this is so stupid, right? With some speculating he is a ghost, while others claim he was a hermit, he was horrifically disfigured. In her book, <laughs> Wait, Haunted no one Kansas, thinks he's actually made of hamburger? Nope. Oh, that's dumb. I know. In her book, Haunted Kansas, author Liza Hefner Heist postulates that the origin of the story could have been based on a true story, saying an older informant remembered an, an incident that happened in the 40s involving a house fire killing all of the members of a family in town. One member of the family, <laughs> a son, survived, what was, but was badly burned and scarred. He remained yeah. in town for a while, but later moved up north. I don't like it because they call me the hamburger man. Oh my god, look at that fat fucking disgusting piece of shit. I thought I was burnt. Oh yeah. You guys hate look me because I'm fat? Oh uh, yeah, we don't really have a uh, problem with the fact that you're burnt. This is... It's fat shaming in the 1940s. This is hurtful. You big fat ugly fatty. Get out of here. I'm going to live in the woods. Yeah, that's right. Probably eat people because you're so fat. Mm. Fat ass. Mm. And that's Kansas, baby. <laughs> A concrete bridge sits outside of the small town of Valley Center, Kansas. If you were driving past it, you probably wouldn't bat an eye at it. But this bridge is reportedly one of the most haunted locations in the state of Kansas. It and the Burger King over on 6th Street. <laughs> <laughs> the story surrounding the bridge, dubbed Theorosa's Bridge, varies. But almost every manifestation revolves around a mother and her child in the 1800s. The two most popular versions being one where a group of Native Americans attacked a wagon full of settlers and stole a baby named Theorosa. You know, because they just did, I guess. I, hey, man, don't look at me. The morning, at, the morning mother roamed the area calling out the baby's name until she died, and reportedly you can still hear her cry out for her child. In the modern version of the legend, Theorosa was a farm wife who gave birth to an illegitimate child. She threw the child down off the bridge into the water below. You know, as she you do. just yeeted the baby off yeah. the bridge. <laughs> and, and, eventually, and eventually threw herself over uh, out of guilt. <laughs> she just chucked the baby off the bridge. Fuck them babies. <laughs> she just threw, uh, fucking punted a baby off yeah. the bridge. Rumor has it, if you go into the bridge and call out Theorosa's name, telling her you have her child, she will come out of the water and attack you and throw you into the river as well. <laughs> just imagine, like, a bar bouncer throws a drunk person out of a bar. Yeah, just... Like, with, just like, boom! Uh, Get the fuck out of here! This, I don't know, this story to me is just dumb. It's just so a bridge. Funny. It's so stupid. Yeah, every bridge is haunted, apparently. Yeah. Every bridge has a big person. I think, what is this, the second bridge story we've had? Yeah, I think no, so. No, third overall in the series. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Fucking Midwesterners and their bridges. We got a lot of little gaps we got to get over. Calm down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. On a hill in Kansas City rests a crumbling mansion with sinister reputation. There are many ghost stories surrounding this gothic-looking lo structure. It was built in between 19 1869 and 1871. The two-and-a-half-story house with its soaring tower and its window widow's walk is said to be the finest example of 19th century Italianate architecture in the state of Kansas. Jesus Christ, could you make these less interesting next time, Jose? God, <laughs> I think people are going to overdose on how interesting they are. One of the stories told about the place is a tragic tale of a husband and wife's suicides. At the end of the Civil War, a woman, supposedly Mrs. Sauer, who <laughs> lived in this mansion, was told by her husband that... Her name's Mrs. Sauer? Yeah, well, it's the Sauer Castle is what it's called. <laughs> okay. Okay, sure. Okay. Um, it's, it's Okay, yeah, I'll get into it in a second. Um, she was told by her husband that he would return on a ferry, and if he wasn't there, it meant that he had died in the war. I just so, don't think ferries are real. No, Mason, like a <laughs> boat ferry. What? Yeah. Like a ferry that lives on a boat? Yep. So, when she went away for him and he did not return, she went back to the castle and killed herself by hanging herself from the tower thinking he had been killed. 
When he returned home from the war, he found her hanging and in turn killed himself. Dude, it's the fucking 1800s. People take a long time to go places. Give it a year. Yeah. If you're in the 1800s, you can't kill yourself. Like, what? Did she even wait? Was it the day she like he was supposed to come home? Yeah. However, it should be noted that the mansion was in was, had not even been, been built at the time this supposedly what occurs. What the fuck? And also, the legend is just basically Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, no There's shit. There's a bunch of different ghost stories around this place. So it is called the Sour Castle, and it was named that because it's based on a real man. I think, what was his name? The guy who created Warheads. Um, yeah. The candy. No, Anton, the sour candy An- Anton Sour was the man who built this place. Um, and him and his family lived there and then they, you know, passed away or whatever. And there's a bunch of stories about them. Papa, can we have something other than sour candy tonight? No. Now stick these all in your mouth and tell me which one's the most sourest one. All of them. Yeah. Kind of makes your cheeks hurt, huh? Cut the roof of your tongue. Yeah. And drink this ice cold water. Oh, that's going to hurt. Yeah. (laughs) You're a sour man. (laughs) Yeah, I am. This house was built on sour candy! <laughs> okay. Is that enough of the sour candy yep. jokes? Okay. Hey guys, it's Jose here with a quick ad break. Okay, so you guys know by now that a recent Pew study found that 27% of adults say they haven't read a single book in the past year. Which is nuts to me because I love books, because I love being exposed to some great storytelling, and that is where Audible comes in. Audible boasts a collection of thousands of audiobooks, and the thing that Audible offers busy people who don't have the time to sit down and read a book is found time, which is the ability to listen to a great audiobook when you're on the move while commuting, cooking, exercising, gardening, or if you're practicing social distancing or quarantined at home and bored out of your mind. Well, right now you can get a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash captainslog or by clicking the link in the show notes. My most recent listen has been Horns by Joe Hill after Mason's recommendation, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. It is so brilliantly written and narrated that I am immersed into the world every time I listen. During this COVID-19 pandemic, Audible has been especially great. But if audiobooks aren't your thing, they also have a huge collection of podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. So honestly, what reason do you have for not giving Audible a try? Go get started on your 30-day trial now by going to audibletrial.com slash captainslog or by again clicking the link in the show notes. You'll be helping us out and helping yourself out. So go get started now and enjoy the rest of the podcast. And now we come to the state whose newest slogan is, honestly, it's not for everyone. This fucking state. Our neighbor, Nebraska. N- more like Nebraska. Like ha <laughs> Ass. Assville, USA, part two, baby. Not even part two. This is part one. Best. Okay. People probably don't know this, except for people that live in my state, yeah. which is Iowa, and fucking Buttholeville, Nebraska. But Nebraska's a garbage state that thinks they're fucking better than us when they're garbage. Wow. They're garbage. They don't have... Like, we don't have anything. I'm not, like, uh, like super into Iowa. Yeah. But they've got less. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them Nebraskans. Fuck them Nebraskans. You can... I'll tell them. Yeah. I can tell quote them. you on that? You can quote me. Fuck them Nebraskans. All right. You, you all heard it here, folks. Mason Schrader is against Nebraska. They're buttholes. On March 11th, 2011, the world was rocked by a nuclear disaster at Fukushima. The dis- <laughs> I'm excited to see if this links to fucking Nebraska. Yeah, right? The disastrous event has been reported by some to have had a more drastic effect than Chernobyl. Still, with nothing to do with Nebraska. With the consequences of, his, of it still being felt in Japan. Ah, so not and Nebraska. A, and according to this urban legend, also in Nebraska. According to the legend, after the nuclear disaster, Asian hornets became mutated and grew four times in size. Sure. And somehow found their way to Nebraska. Just Nebraska. Where they were responsible for many deaths around the state. They flew over the entire ocean and settled in Nebraska? Yep. I guess it makes sense because you know how Nebraska and Japan have such similar climates. <laughs> yep. <laughs> after, the people, after people were stung and died... Uh, yeah, did I mention that it was the this legend says that they were responsible for many deaths around the state after yeah. people were stung and died due to the venom that was released with the sting, which is said to be 2,000 times stronger than the common wasp. Now, the Asian hornet is a real species of hornet, and it is the largest of its kind in the world, whose sting is particularly effective in dispatching victims. 
The stinger of the Asian giant hornet is not barbed and therefore remains attached to his body once used. This means that the Asian hornets are able to sting their victims repeatedly, injecting a comp- complex venom that is known to contain eight different chemicals. Okay, honestly, hornets are nightmares. They're fucking scary. I hate... I got a bee sting the other day. It was terrible. I've never been stung by a bee. I Whoa. was stung by a wasp. I'm gonna... Oh, well. I got stung in the wasp by in the eye. Once. What? So I was. It was when I was really little. It wasn't like my full. It was like the bag under oh, my okay. eye. But it was pretty close. Yeah. I was. <laughs> this is gonna make me sound like a fucking idiot. No, not about, more than you already said. I was about ten to fifteen feet away from this like tube that comes out of the yeah. side of the building, and there was a hornet's nest in there. God. And I was looking at it. I was looking at it, and one flew directly into my eyeball. Sounds like you had it coming. And then stung me in it. I was like 10 to 15 feet back. That's what you get for being 10 to 15 back. I was back. probably like 8 feet back. God, I was right next to it. My face wasn't on the pipe, but that's for sure. It felt like I was a long distance away, but as, uh. a, as a child, distances seem longer. Uh, now I'm kind of thinking <laughs> I, was, I was probably closer because you know how hornets don't fly. It's fine. Yep. Yep. And they didn't like me looking. And there I must were, have looked at a at a wasp like undressing and some yeah. angry wasp And her husband was like, was like that's, that's my wife! wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there were reports from Asian countries of deadly encounters with the insect. The following is an excerpt from a piece written by CNN. Hornets have killed dozens of people in China and injured more than 1,500 with their powerful venomous sting. The Asian giant hornet, known scientifically as Vespa mandarinia, carries a venom... Seriously. Don't make this any more interesting. God, people love the Latin names for hornets. <laughs> now I feel really bad about all the research I put into this. Carries a venom that destroys red blood cells. You didn't do anything, Mason. You just sit here with your Converse shoes up on a chair, yeah. with your little beanie, and you just sit here and you judge me from your ivory tower, huh? Yeah. Anyway. No, sorry. We. I'm sorry. Could you not interrupt? I was engaged. It carries a venom that destroys red blood cells, which can result in kidney failure and death. Anyway, anyway, but that just so you know that it could be a plausible it's thing. Po- I get it. They can murder people. Hold no, on. Let me try my hand at the research that. Now, it is possible for hornet stings to actually kill you. Yeah, but you have to give facts. Shut the fuck up. But perhaps a bigger problem than the toxicity of the venom is... Okay, you know what? I'm just going to skip me all this. dying of boredom during this episode? I'm just going to skip this. Just know that it, 165 people in three cities in the Shanghai province... Were injured because of these. I'm just doing this for the podcast. So you know I appreciate it's fine. you. fine. But those killer hornets were not created by radioactivity from disaster, and they definitely have not killed any people in Nebraska, which is approximately 1,400 miles inland from the Pacific Ocean and about 6,000 miles from Japan. They weren't and they weren't? What? What? They weren't? No, they were not created by... These are just naturally existing hornets. And they don't... The Asian hornets... They, they don't live in fucking Nebraska. They weren't mutated and they don't live in Nebraska? No! Japan is 6,000 miles away from you. What about if they got on an airplane? Oh my god, you guys are dummies, huh? Okay, yeah, okay. No, they got on an okay. airplane. Okay, so you guys are really stupid, okay. What about... There's... Everybody knows that Asian countries don't give out passports to bees. What about... Okay, but, okay. They only give them out you to mosquitoes. You know the Hulk, right? <sighs> Who got gamma... Raid, and then he's got big. Gamma Raid? He got Gamma Raid. Yeah, You okay. know, the Beck, yeah. Beck made a song about it. Yeah. Come on, little Gamma Ray. Yeah, what's your point? Living in a, And then they came... So if they got Gamma Raid, they can fly 6,000 miles. What if they took a break <sighs> on a shark? Or a whale? Jesus Christ. That's possible. Hi, I'm the mayor of Nebraska. Oh my god, nice to meet you. The mayor of Nebraska, huh? Yeah. Wow. I'm, my name is Mayor McCheese. <laughs> Fuck Ro- you, Nebraska. <laughs> He's got him. Hot take. Hot take from Mason on Nebraska. Not from an Iowa perspective. Rawhide Creek is a small tributary of Elkhorn River in Douglas County, Nebraska. Oh god, I'm gonna sing it some, at some point in time. Rawhide. I'm gonna sing it. What it? Sing what? The song. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard it. But the legend of how it got its name is well known. Move them on, hit them up, hit them up, move them on, move them on, hit them up, bro, hide. Trot them out, ride them in, ride them in, trot them out, trot them out, ride them in. A story of senseless violence and brutal. That's all we get, that's all we get. Story of senseless, that's, we've gone over the 15 seconds, damn it. You should probably cut that. 
A story of senseless violence and brutal retribution. Retribution. See, the story goes like this. Like many settlers in frontier days, there existed a man with a strong racist hatred of Native Americans. I'm sorry. This is questionable. You think that happened? Most definitely without a doubt. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, it says a white person who's racist against... Never mind. Yeah, yep. that happened yeah, yeah, constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there existed a man with a strong racist hatred of Native Americans who vowed to kill as many as he could. And one day, an unfortunate Native American girl fell victim to the depraved young white man. Hello, little girl. My name is Racist Steve. Why do they call you Racist Steve? Well, it's because of the racism. Oh. Anyway, I'm going to stab you. Do you know why? He shot her in the head, supposedly. Do you know why? Why? I'm shoot you in the head, though. Why? The racism. I wouldn't have seen that coming. <laughs> the girl's tribe soon tracked her killer down and confronted him along with the rest of his party, Good. giving him an ultimatum to either hand over the murderer or Give they would us all be killed. Give us racist Steve or everybody gets it. Okay. Yeah, go, yeah, sorry, dude. We don't even really like you that much. You're really fucking racist. Well, you guys don't like racist? You guys don't no, like No, we like racism a little bit, but you're taking it too far. You guys don't like That's what I call myself. Everyone calls me racist Steve. It's not a cool nickname. Because I'm... You guys can kill them or whatever you're going to do with them. Okay, see ya. Hey, wait, no. Hey, before they come over here, can we talk real quick? Yeah, what's up? Hey, listen, I wouldn't have been as racist if you had been, like, told me it wasn't cool. Uh, you should have just known. So. Whoops. Uh, no, but I just do whatever society tells me to do. Mm, that's too I'm bad. Not, Sounds like you should take responsibility for your own actions. I'm not racist. I'm ignorant. Well, now you're going to be dead. <laughs> for my racism? Yes. You think that's deserved? Yes. Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, you're right. It totally <laughs> is. Sorry. The group quickly handed over the young man to face his bloody fate. <laughs> and as a revenge for the senseless murder, the Native American tribe tortured and beat the young man, finally skinning him on the banks of the creek and leaving his hide behind Christ. as a warning to the remaining settlers in the area. Don't fuck with us. And it is reported that to this day, you can still hear the screams of the killer among the banks, and that on occasion, the creek still runs red with his blood. Oh my god, did you see that they skinned racist Steve and put him up there? Holy, that was him? I thought that was somebody else. No, it's clearly him because of the giant oh. swastika tattoo. I can see that, yeah. No yeah. one else has that. That doesn't even exist yet. Be a pretty sick rug, though, right? He's like a future... Wait, what? What? What's your deal? Um... Real quick, what do you think? Do you think it's okay to make furniture out of humans? Okay, well, I'm gonna. So, racist Steve, his whole thing was that society would not have made him racist. Are you gonna say that if I say no to that? Say what? Right. Hey, he murdered the other girl. No, I didn't. He that wasn't me. No. Nah. Yeah, no, murder him too. I think he made furniture. They call me lover of human furniture, Bill. It's a long name. I gotta work on it. It doesn't roll off the no, tongue. No, it doesn't. You know what does roll off the tongue? These little candies I made from human eyeballs. Yeah, those are just eyeballs. They're not yep. even made. Gross. Yum. You're gross. I don't like you. I don't like me either. That's why I kill. I, I don't kill. Uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, <laughs> sits a wooded area known as Wilderness Park. An Good area creative name, that Nebraska. is supposedly haunted by the ghost of Eleven, who died in a horrific train accident. Oh, those- the ghosts of Eleven people, not an 11-year-old ghost? Yeah. Okay. Those who hike through the park at dusk report hearing strange noises coming from the trees. One, Others, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Oh my god, did I, you hear those noises? I do. I think there's eleven ghosts in this park. <laughs> How many of you are here? Eleven. Twelve. Twelve. Guys, no, you no, guys forget about me. One. Fuck you. Guys, why... We're dead. Why do you... You died a separate death from the 11 Yeah, but I'm here. Can I... It was different. You're not part of us. Go back to your hike. I think we should get back to our hike. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Others who stay until after the sun has set say they report hearing strange, uh, heavy footsteps behind them in the area of the rail bridge. And when they turn to look, no one is there. There's actually 11 of us back here. Huh? No one's here. Oh, boy. 12 guys shut the fuck up i just want to hey hey seriously seriously stop we're trying to do the 11 people ghost thing and you keep fucking it up i just i just don't think it's fair because i also died here but you didn't die in the thing that we died in 
but but I have to haunt this area with you guys. I don't like that. It's it's fucked up that you guys are excluding me from okay, this. Hey, it's bullying, and I'm gonna go to the ghost authority over good, this. Good, go to them while you're gone. We're gonna get back to haunting these guys. I'm gonna go. Seriously, fuck you. Go. This is an you audio. Are, this is an audio. You guys are so mean. An audio only thing. People can't see what you're I'm doing. flipping you off. Okay. Well, it's dumb. God. Anyway, I fucking hate that guy. Many speculate that the disaster, the victims of this disaster, haunt the area because they never got the justice they deserved, in, as their murderer only served ten years of his sentence before being released on parole. And he should have served eleven. One year for each ghost. Except the truth is a little more complicated. There was indeed a railway accident, and 11 people did die, and someone was convicted. But he most certainly did not commit the crime. What? Because you see, on August 9th, 1894, at around 9.30pm, a train bound for Lincoln, Nebraska derailed from a 40-foot high trestle just outside of town. When the train fell, the engine burst open and spilled hot coals that set the whole train on fire. 11 of the passengers and crew were killed in the ensuing carnage and fire. It was discovered that this was no ordinary accident but that the rails had in fact been sabotaged. Sabotage! Yeah. Listen up, y'all, it's a sabotage! Thank you for coming to my spoken reading of sabotage. If you take that out, I'm going to lose it. I'm not. I can't. Contractually obligated to keep it in. Spikes had been pulled out and a crowbar had been used, which was found on the scene with the intent of derailing the train. It was the largest mass murder the state of Nebraska had seen, and although the case is considered unsolved today, it was not in 1894. Within two days of the incident, police had detained George Washington Davis. Davis. Oh my god, the first president of the United States? No. Oh, no, sorry. The guy who made peanut butter? No. Oh. Davis, who was an African- Wait, that guy who murdered 11 people? No, actually. Oh. Davis, who was an African-American man, had spent time in prison for theft. But there was little to no evidence linking him to the crime, except for the fact that some survivors had claimed they had seen him standing nearby in the aftermath of the wreck. That, along with the color of his skin, was more than enough Hi, to have a jury- is, uh... Convict him of guilty of second degree murder. Hi, my name is Racist Steve Jr. I'm, a, I'm the, the sheriff around these parts, and uh, it was you. I was uh, I was like 20 ah, miles away. Shut up. You're in jail. Aww. Racist Steve Jr. Thankfully, he was granted parole in 1905 and subsequently faded from history. Oh, so okay. he was good. Well, at least it wasn't. Yeah. The, I, it, was, it was a tiny miscarriage of yeah. justice, not a big one. Yeah. And finally, we bring it on home to the Hawkeye State. Iowa. Woot woot. I'm going to call it the Cyclone State, Iowa State. Okay. In 19... I don't care. Okay. Fair enough. In 1920... That'd be like me saying, like, I'm a Ute fan. I'm a Ute fan. I just, nobody over. likes BYU. I don't like BYU. I'm going to say this right now on the podcast. I don't care if this is political for anybody. I don't care much for BYU. Fuck BYU. Jesus Christ. Do you think they deserve that? Yes, because they're horrible to a lot do of people think, who aren't you Mormon. Think, you think people deserve Doesn't matter. That? Also, they're so lame. Like what would you, how would you feel if I just started screaming about an entire state? No, BYU is a. I know it's a college, but how would you feel if I did that about a state? Wouldn't you be a little offended for? Our you just did Nebraska that to Nebraska. They're not a state; they're a dirty butthole. I right. <laughs> <laughs> got them. In nineteen in in nineteen twenty, brothers Lou and Jesse Tisser were walking <laughs> over the swinging pedestrian bridge at Lover's Leap Ravine. The two teenagers were more than likely used to the soy of the bridge at this point, but. This time, the pl- the planks gave out from under them, and in a flash, they were at the bottom, miraculously unscathed. Holy fuck, Lou. Jesus Christ. We're fine? Ah! Oh, oh fuck! fuck. <laughs> my leg is snapped oh, in half! Oh my god, we're definitely not ah! fine. I'm, I'm totally fine. What happened to you? You could chalk it up to a stroke of luck. Or perhaps someone was watching over them. This bridge is, after all, known as Lover's Leap Bridge. Yes. The bridge, which is found in Columbus Junction, Iowa, comes complete with a legend of its own. There was once a two a hairy, shorter man and a, a taller Mexican man on this bridge. It was us. We've been here. Yeah. Yeah. The bridge goes back long before the Tisser brothers made their crossing. The original one, made from salvaged barrel wood, Dates from either 1880 or 1886 and was built to provide a direct route from 4th Street to 3rd without having to walk all the way around the, it should be noted, 80-foot ravine. Didn't look 80 feet when we were there, huh? No, it's fucking big. It's big, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of overgrown, but also, I mean, also, I've I've also seen how much space that spans. First off, it's not that long of a walk. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, it's kind of a long walk, but if I was like, oh, I could cross this, uh... 
bridge made of barrel planks, or I could walk. Yeah. Uh, ten more minutes, fifteen at the most. Yeah. I'm gonna take the fifteen minute walk. Right. Um, that one lasted until 1902 when a tap hazardous construction was condemned by the city, and then 1904, bridge number two went up, and it stayed up for 16 years until it tumbled down under the <laughs> Tizer brothers' feet. Two years after that, the bridge was rebuilt, and bridge number three uh, had a few updates and overhauls over the decades, but it's been up ever since, which Holy is the one shit, we've climbed we were on. on. the third iteration yeah. of that bridge? Which... Two years after it fell in 1920, it's been around since 1922. Holy shit. That makes me feel so much worse because it was like on the bridge and I'm like, this is scary. Yeah. But like, it's at least it's a modern bridge. Nope. It's from the 20s? Yeah. Jesus Christ. El Capone <laughs> fucked on that bridge? <laughs> yes. Actually. <laughs> no we'll one, get to it. No one really knows how the ravine came to be known as Lover's Leap. But the most often told tale is the story of a lovesick Indian maiden whose lover was killed in battle, who then threw herself to the bottom to end her grief, and instead of the maiden, is buried at the bottom. If you cross over at night, you can hear her mournful cries. Maybe it was her watching over the Tisser brothers back in 1920. That's nice. So we went to this, because I yeah. didn't even know it existed until you, we went to a, we were driving by, and you suggested that we stop, and it's this swinging bridge, and it's called the swinging bridge because you step on it, and it's fucking like, dude, it is not fucking around as a swinging bridge. That thing swangs. Yeah, it so you're already a couple feet up in the air and it's fucking swaying back and forth. Yeah. Um, it's a rickety ass old bridge. Well, it's not really rickety. Like it feels, it felt looking, structurally, rickety looking. It felt structurally sound, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a swaying bridge. It's but, swaying. but now that, that I know it was built in 1922, I it's don't feel good scarier. about the fact that I was jumping on it. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on yeah. the bridge. In um, fact, at one point, people passed us, which means there are four people in a one spot on that yeah. bridge. So the night that we were there, it was weird. We kept hearing like weird rustling underneath because yeah, underneath it's did. like all overgrown it's now, like so super, you can't I see. Because I mean, it doesn't look. I mean, it looks like it's maybe like sixty feet across. Yeah. At this point, I, I don't know how deep it is, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the day we were there, we kept hearing like rustling underneath, and yeah, we couldn't see really what weird. it was. Like yeah. we would, so we'd like sit there, like we'd be like talking, and we'd be like. like like something scurrying really yeah. fast, and it was probably us. just like it's probably a an animal, or yeah, a raccoon. But it was real spooky. It was really creepy because it was, especially it was like weirdly timed, where we'd be like, "Wait, wait, did you hear that?" and be like, "Nothing," and then we kind of like forget about it, and then it would happen. But then like one time we were like, "No, listen, listen," and it'd be like, and then yeah. it started doing it when we were listening yeah. for it. It got weird. Yeah, it was but, weird. And then it would stop, and we'd like forget about it, and then it just happen again. Like, yeah, it was, it was like it was fun. witches. Yeah, yeah. Erling, Iowa, is a quiet little town with a population of less than 500. You would never suspect this sleepy town was the site of one of the last ancient exorcisms in America. Emma Schmidt, referred to as Anna Eklund in Father Carl Vogel's publication Satan Be Gone. <laughs> be gone, Satan! <laughs> Satan Be Gone! Was born in 1882 in Marathon, Wisconsin. She was a highly religious girl and attended the local Catholic church. But by the time she turned 14, she was repulsed by the Holy Communion and expressed a desire to attack priests and destroy objects within the church. Okay, attacking priests is unnecessary, but I get it. They're molesters. No, not they, all of them. Th th listen, a percentage of molesters is too many molesters. Ah, shut up. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, uh, her family took her to the doctors who could do nothing for her. Oh, she's got the crazy... <laughs> which is when they called in Father Theophilus Reisigner to perform the rites of exorcism in 1912. That's a fucking badass name. Yeah, right? Theophilus? That's amazing. Yeah. Sh uh, Schmidt responded with violence when approached with blessed items and only ah, blessed items. <laughs> <Bleah>. <laughs> fuck you. She responded similarly when prayed over in Latin. Reisinger, uh, Reisinger discovered the undereducated Schmidt could speak Latin and German. He rationalized this Good dog! Coxsucka! Hmm. Maybe <laughs> she can speak that because uh, she's been exposed to those languages in church and in the German settled Wisconsin community. Hola! I mean, wait, is that Latin? I don't actually <laughs> know. Uh, so yeah, so he, he thought that she could maybe speak that because of her community and because of church. Because, oh, oh, uh, oh, so he was actually kind of rational about this? Yeah. He wasn't immediately Because up like, until the 60s, oh, up until the 60s, Satan. Yeah, up until the 60s, uh, a lot of Catholic mass was held in Latin. Fair enough. Yeah. Although the German, but I guess they did settle the yeah. Midwest, so. But she I mean, could give also, me my last name Schrader without a C, you bitch. With the C. But she could also inexplicably speak Hebrew, Polish, and Italian. Okay. The priest a, performed. She keeps yelling, pizza. <laughs> pizza, pizza. She's possessed. She's possessed by little Caesar. <laughs> 
The priest performed an exorcism, and Schmidt's life went somewhat back to normal. Although years later, he discovered that she continued to hear voices no one else could hear. The Exorcist 2. <laughs> Just How kidding, about, she was obviously schizophrenic. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. As I was, uh, However, if Schmidt's behavior was due to an unwanted entity or entities, the exorcism, or uh, as some exorcisms go, only sent the creatures inside Schmidt into hiding. In 1928, the devil showed itself in her again. Hey, I'm back. Hey, it's me, the devil. I wouldn't get that pizza that I kept yelling about. Little Caesar's pizza is fucking delicious. God, it's so the square pan. Have you heard of the square pan pizza? Oh my God, it's like he gets these crooks and and Ned, uh, uh, shit. <laughs> What's this? Crooks and uh, crannies. Crannies. That's the word. Thank you, Schmidt. This is why I love you. It's got these nooks and crannies. Oh in my it. God, can you leave my body? And they're so delicious. Did, did you bring any pizza for me at least? Yeah. You're my girl. You know I brought you pizza. Oh, thanks, devil. You're so good to me. Yeah. The nooks and crannies. That's I thank you for reminding me of that word. And the second round of exorcism began when Schmidt was around 40. <laughs> round two! <laughs> she suffered from mnemonic voices in her head telling her to do unspeakable things. And as time went on, the possession grew worse and worse. Schmidt was unable to enter a church. When Pastor Steiger, one of the priests involved in the exorcism, hit a relic in the pocket of his robe, the demons that possessed Emma knew and became angry. Yeah, ooh, you dick. You get that goddamn relic out of here. You think we can't see that shit? I know there's a, one of those weird little incense swinging things in your pocket. Big-ass fucking bulge in this Roman. She's like, oh, the demons know. The demons know there's something in your pocket. There's a cross shape in your pocket, but I didn't know that. The demons know that. <laughs> fuck out of here, Emma. Get Emma, the fuck out of here. This isn't cute anymore. You're 40. It was cute when you were... 16, but now it's weird. Um, when Emma was taken to the local convent for the exorcism, things got even stranger. In at least one instance during the exorcism, Emma levitated off of her bed, to the horror of the priests and nuns present. Her body was so swollen and distorted during the possession that the nuns feared she would burst. Gross. And according to witnesses, her head often swelled up and her eyes bulged out of her head, making her look almost unrecognizable. In another instance, Emma escaped the bed she was being confined in and Holy broke free shit. of the guards before she flew through the air and landed above the door. Okay. Where she clung to the wall in an unearthly and terrifying manner. What the fuck? Throughout the possession, a horrible stench filled the room. I keep shitting myself. <laughs> it's all that little Caesars I'm eating. I'm a shitting so much. Although she ate little, Emma vomited dozens of times Little a day. Caesars? And then... <laughs> I ate little Caesars. And the nuns were, uh, made, well, it's Iowa, so she probably ate Casey's, that shitty pizza. Oh, we're going to throw hands. Their breakfast pizza's a goddamn mess. Breakfast pizza's fucking atrocious. You're atrocious. Get out of here. Gosh, you suck. And the names, the nun, the names, the nuns were the made. The names. <laughs> the names were, fuck. You fucking, <laughs> you tripped me up. The nuns were made busy carrying out the foul green vomit out by the bucket load. Oh my god. Voices that no human could produce emanated from her body and screamed at the priests and nuns. Wait, what They sounded a little like this. <clears throat> like, oh boy, <laughs> I'm really possessed. <laughs> like, zoinks, man. Did they actually describe what is voices that nobody can make? Uh, you ever seen, the Annalise Michael, you ever heard of her? She was the other famous um, possession that inspired, like, the exorcism of Emily Rose, where it's the German girl who was, like, a little, like, a, she, wasn't, she wasn't a little girl, but she was a, a, a German girl oh. who was, like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It's like kind of stuff like that. What's the, what's the other one, the, the one they made The Conjuring 2 from in uh, England? You remember that? Ooh, Did you yes. watch that? Uh, no, Where but I know like you're talking little, about, yeah. She's like, I'm a little four-year-old Anglo girl. And, she's like, and she's just like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you big fat cocked motherfucker. You think you can walk in here swinging that fucking crucifix around? You're going to kick me out? Fuck no. Oh, I run this town. Give me some little Caesar's pizza, huh? In, That's, our, in uh, our findings, the Holy Catholic Church has found that demons love little Caesar's pizza. Give me some more of that fucking... Give me, hey, give me some crazy bread when you bring that pizza around, huh? <laughs> you can get a two liter for two dollars. How fucking good is that? When when we tried to bring Domino's pizza in, it had a very disastrous effect. <laughs> get that shit out of here. <laughs> that was it. That was his, it had a very extreme effect. Eh, get that shit out of here. What is that, Domino's? I don't really care for that. No, 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 no. Little Caesars, you didn't hear me. It's it's okay, though. I, 
Common mistake. Just bring me Little Caesars. I'm gonna eat the Domino's for today, but I don't prefer. I prefer Little Caesars. I hope you know this whole fucking thing is gonna make me go get pizza after this. I'm so. I've been starving for pizza after, since. Same. This. We'll get some for my yeah. IV. One. Cut, cut this out. Yeah. No, everybody's invited to Mason's tonight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she made voices that were whatever, not humanly possible, whatever. Eventually, sure. the priest performing the exorcism identified four different spirits possessing her. Whoa. One was the spirit of her dead father, Jacob, who sexually abused Emma and oh, no. placed a curse on her. One was what? the spirit of her dead aunt, Mina, who was a notorious witch and child murderer. What? Reportedly, reportedly. <laughs> reportedly? And Fuck you, reportedly. No, no, no. Her, what does that mean? I mean, the, the witch, the, the aunt being a witch and child murderer. <laughs> there's no evidence that she was of a, course there's I'm not. sure her dad probably fuck the dad yeah that's that's probably yeah. was and there another, evidence of that did you find uh no okay I don't another was a spirit anymore. named Judas Iscariot who is believed to be the patron demon of suicide yeah that, that Judas that Judas oh really He's yeah. the pa- did he kill himself in the bible or something yeah after he uh, after he gave in what he did he gave do? up he Jesus he hung himself he did something really cool right <laughs> I'm just kidding uh, I know he's a dick I'm sorry guys and the last Jesus Christ. Sorry, my Judas jokes were to step over the fucking line. And the last demon was Beelzebub, whose name Whoa. I fucking love. Uh, it's not as good as Pazuzu. Uh, Mephisto is cool, too. <laughs> I'll fucking put Mephisto in your face. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> oh, you said my face. Okay. Oh, whoa. I'll put Mephisto in your buttholo. <laughs> when asked what they wanted, the demons replied that they wanted Emma to hang herself so she would go to hell. Because like it is just, believed that suicide is a sin in the Catholic Church. That seems like it's just Judas who's in charge yeah. of that one. Yeah, so what do you what do you, what do you want this young woman to do? Ah, uh, wait, hold on. Uh, this is actually Judas's thing. Hold on, let me switch. Uh, dude, Judas, uh, what was the plan again? Hey, hey, oh, hey, hey, can you guys hear me? Am I? This is yeah, Judas. Yeah, right. Uh, I just wanted to hang herself because you know, Pedro's saying a suicide. Is that what all of you want, or just you, Judas? <sighs> okay, hold on. No, I'm not a big fan of the suicide thing. I just kind of want to fuck shit up. Hold on. Let me uh, let me get the ant out. Hey, hey, no, hey. Listen, I don't even. I, this is. I don't know how I got here. I actually wasn't even a witch, so that's weird. Do you want? Those. Do you want her to kill herself? Did kill those fucking children. What was that? Anyway, I gotta go. I'm gonna skip the dad because. That's sweaty to say the least. Yep. All right, I'm back. Anyway, we're kind of a mixed bag here. After 23 days and usually long exorcism, Emma broke free from the demon's grip. Her first wards were reportedly praised be Jesus Christ. I like to imagine she put a B in there, so she said Jeebus. <laughs> her, her, actually, well, there's another um, account that her um, first words were, God damn, I never want to eat Little Caesars again. <laughs> <laughs> I need a cigarette and a... Domino's pizza. Give me some Domino's pizza. <laughs> Emma lived out the rest of her years in a relatively peaceful and devout manner and never complained of her old system- symptoms again. The priest <laughs> who performed the exorcism wrote a book titled, Be Gone, Satan! Okay, that priest knows marketing. Yeah, which retold his accounts of the exorcism. Later, Emma's story, as well as another possession story from Washington, inspired the novel The Exorcist, Oh. which was made into the legendary horror movie that would go on to scare millions of people for decades to come. That actually makes a shit ton of sense after mm-hmm. the green vomit and the like yep. clinging to the wall mm-hmm. and shit. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. I didn't know that was from Iowa. Yeah. Well, Iowa and Washington. Two places that you like. Uh, yeah. No, I guess. But yeah. the fact that it's from Iowa, I mean, the fa- I don't yeah. why don't I know that? I know. It's kind of cool, that's huh? Place, that's I didn't know that better either. better have like home of the uh, Emma Watson. <laughs> I don't remember. I forgot her name already. Schmidt. Emma, Emma Schmidt, Schmidt uh, exorcism. Yeah. That's fucking sweet as shit. And finally, we reach the final legend on our list that is also based, in fact, the haunting of the notorious Velisca Axe murder house. Oh, fuck yes! <clears throat> fuck yes! Yeah. In the small town of Velisca, Iowa, sits an old, wide-framed house. On evenings, no lights or sound come from this house. One of the first indications that this house is, a di- is different from the rest of the homes that surround it is this fact, that no, no, sound, of, no sound of lights come from it, you know? The doors and windows are tightly closed, and the outhouse in the backyard suggests that this house belongs in a to different era. a guy era. with stinky shits. He's got to take that outside the house. Yeah. In another story. Uh, real quick, you might hear some piano in the background. Just ignore that. There's some kid out here inside of the studio who is just belting at the top of his You'd lungs. You'd think that the audio studio would be soundproof. You'd be wrong. The doors and windows are tightly closed, and the outhouse in the backyard suggests that his house, this house belongs in a different era and in another story. A weathered and old sign warns 
rather than welcomes, saying, this is the murder house. Visitors to the home report numerous different experiences of paranormal activity. Apparitions of the children and the adults who were murdered in the house are said to be seen throughout the home. Strange sounds, screaming, and more can be heard. Many believe this is one of the children who awoke moments before she was bludgeoned to death. Some suggest, some guests even claim to see random pools of blood on the floor. And when they go to get the blood, when they go to get help, the blood... <laughs> oh my god, let me get some of that blood! Oh thank god, I've been looking for blood for so long, I finally found it! Oh man. Let me get that blood! <laughs> uh, when they go to get help, the blood mysteriously disappears. Ghost groups in physics and... <laughs> Jesus Ghost Christ, groups buddy. and psychics both confirm that the house is haunted by the family. And, and physicists. <laughs> physicists are also sometimes there. Yeah, this house is definitely haunted. Jesus fucking Christ. Ugh, those box elder bugs are back again. Oh my fucking God. I was like, <laughs> as soon as you're like, this place is definitely, fuck shit. You lose your shit. Oh my God. People for, who listen to the first episode remember that this place is inhabited by box elder bugs. And I don't like them. <laughs> this is an unsoundproof audio studio <laughs> infested with box elder bugs. <sighs> Please donate to our Patreon. Please. We really so would we love can get to- mics and not have to come into this place to record. We'd love to record somewhere else. Oh, God. <sighs> okay. Ghost groups and psychics both confirm that the house is haunted by the family and that they remain restless until the true killer is finally known. Now... The story behind the hauntings is probably more terrifying. Oh my god. Many residents of Aliska around the time believed the name of their town meant pretty place. On June 10th, 1912, <laughs> I didn't know that. the tranquility of this pretty place was shattered by the discovery of the Velisca Axe murders. The Moore family, well-known and well-liked, Velisca residents and two overnight guests were found murdered in their beds. God, dude, the times when people were just like, yeah, come in. Yeah, sleep here. It was the friends of their daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, but but it? no, okay. but that was happening a lot. Yeah, I, yo, I know. Yeah, I was there. I mean, what? Keep reading. Um, little known to its residents was the po- was the possibility that their town was named not after a pretty place, but after the Indian word Waliska, which means evil spirit. Wait, so what's Waliska from? Like, is that from a from like a uh, like a uh, is that like a, a language or? Uh, well, it's close to Williska, which makes people think that that's where it came from. Williska. Yeah, like maybe some fucking What's Germans. Williska. Williska is um, no, evil spirit. V- the one you said. Williska. Yeah. No, I said it. Some people think it comes from Williska. Right, evil spirit. You don't know what Williska sounds for. No, I don't. Okay. Why they thought that meant pretty place? Yeah, they just always. Oh, it was just like a thing. Like, somebody suggested, like, oh, it. It means pretty place. Gotcha. Yeah. So like when people are like, Oskaloosa means uh, garbage dump. Yeah. Just kidding. Because it means it's like, an, uh, I think it was a Native American princess. Probably. It was, I think. Right? Uh, Lena and e- Ina. How, do you, how would you say that? Lena and Ina? <laughs> Lena and Ina <laughs> Stillinger. Lena and Ina is way funnier. Lena, Lena and Ina Stillinger, the daughters of Joseph and Sarah Stillinger, left their home for church early Sunday morning. They planned on having dinner with her grandmother after the morning service, spending the afternoon with her, and then returning to her home to spend the night after the children's day exercises concluded. Then the girls, however, their twin sisters, Mina and Dina. I'm sorry. <laughs> the girls, however, Mason, they were brutally murdered. Have some respect. I thought these were the people who discovered the murder. No. The girls, however, were invited to, by Catherine Moore to spare the, spend the night at the Moore home instead. Oh. Prior to leaving for the exercises, Mr. Moore placed a call to the Stillinger house to ask permission for the girls to stay overnight. Wait. What year is this? Uh, they had phones. 1912. Okay. Okay. That's about yeah. the time I thought. I didn't think yeah. they had phones in 1912. They did. Okay. Like, I didn't assume. Not like good ones. It was like well, the one right. where it was like, hey, I was wondering if your sisters could stay over tonight. Uh, no, right. But- huh? <laughs> I said, could your sisters stay over tonight? That's what it sounded like. You're right, but I would assume Villisca, Iowa was one of the last places yeah. in the entire world to get a phone. I don't they know. They were pretty hip. Yeah, um... It does mean pretty place. Yeah. Uh, fucking, never mind. I don't Blanche, Lena and Nina's older sister, told Mr. Moore that her parents were both outdoors, but she would pass the message along to them. The Children's Day program at the Presbyterian Church was an annual event and began approximately at 8 p.m. on Sunday evening, June 9th. According to witnesses, Sarah Moore coordinated the exercise, and all the Moore children, as well as the Stillinger girls, participated. 
basically, okay. The program ended at 9.30, and the Moore family, along with the Slinger sisters, walked home from the church. They entered their home sometime between 9.45 and 10 p.m. And the following morning, at approximately 5 a.m., Mary Peckham, Moore's next-door neighbor, stepped into her yard to hang laundry. Oh, did you guys drop some strawberry jam? Oh, my God! At approximately 7 a.m., she realized that not only had the Moors not been outside, nor the chores began, but the house itself seemed unusually still. God, what a fucking shitty time to be alive. Can you imagine if at 7 a.m. your neighbors were worried? Yeah. Like, I haven't seen them. It's 7 a.m. and I I don't get up until 1 sometimes. No shit. What a garbage time to be alive. Between 7 and 8 a.m., Mary Peckham approached the house and knocked on the door. It took me an hour to cross the lawn. Well, it's not known exactly at what yeah, time. I know. Yeah, I yeah. got it. I just was a joke. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. No jokes about Reliska. <laughs> when she received no response, she attempted to open the door, only to find it locked from the inside. After letting out the Moore's chickens, Mary placed a call to Josiah's brother, Ross Moore, setting into place one of the most mismanaged murder investigations to ever be undertaken. In the... Well, okay. I... I agree. But... I think we got to give a little bit of credit to the 1912 p- police of Villisca, Iowa. Like, do you know how hard it's got to be to be a small town policeman in a town of 500 people now? Yeah. Or what? You know what I mean? I don't know how yeah. big Villisca is. That might have been. Nah, weird. they really fucked this one over, though. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> but come on. Like, do you know? Like, you walk. Uh, okay, go ahead. Upon arriving at the home of his brother. Ross Moore attempted to look into a bedroom window and then knocked on the door and shouted, attempting to raise someone inside the house. Josiah, did you spill raspberry jam? Because it's seriously, there's, it looks like there's a lot of jam on the ground. When that failed, he produced his keys and found one that opened the door. Oh, uh, never Mrs. mind. I forgot I had a key. Although Mrs. Peckham followed him into the porch, she did not enter the parlor. Ross went no further than the room of the parlor. Seriously, a lot of Room jam. off the parlor, sorry. A lot of jam in here. When he opened the bedroom door, he saw two bodies on the bed and dark stains on the bedclothes. He Mm. returned immediately to the porch and told Mrs. Peckham to call the sheriff. The two bodies in the room downstairs were Lena Stillinger, age 12, and her sister, Ina, age 8, house guests of the Moore children. Not Lena and Ina. (laughs) Stop, it's sad. It's not funny. It's not (laughs) It's not funny. Lena, it's not. Listen, I'm agree. Lena and Ina's tragedy was terrible. The remaining members of the Moore family were found in the upstairs bedrooms by City Marshal Hank Horton. There was Chena, <laughs> who arrived shortly. Every person in the house had been brutally murdered. Their skulls crushed as they slept. Josiah Moore, age 43. Sarah Montgomery Moore, age 39. Herman Moore, uh, age 11. Catherine Moore, age 9. Boyd Moore, age seven, and Paul Moore, five, as well as uh, the Stillinger sisters. Holy shit! Okay, so what did you mean by the 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 police bungled it? Um, I didn't go into detail here, but just everything how it was handled. Uh, I remember like immediately. I think it was either Ross or the police when they arrived started cleaning, like like scrubbing down the blood and stuff. Well, what what were they really gonna do with? blood in 1912 unless there were footprints yeah exactly they didn't even get that chance they they, were in bed they immediately like they they destroyed the sheets which if they had taken them into into um archive uh like most other crimes were we could have determined now who the killer was yeah but the fucking again leave them alone they were in Villisca, iowa they were not like you know when jack the ripper had be- was be- the case of Jack yeah, the Ripper was, was better handled. That was before 1912. Yes, but that it was, was better also, handled. It was also London, which had murders and crime happen in it. Yeah, before. but still, it was better Villisca, handled. Iowa. Nah, they were real fucking dummies. The worst thing they ever had to do was when fucking the town drunks Jimmy no. got pissed in the streets, and suddenly there's a family plus two murdered, <laughs> and they couldn't. You know. They weren't like maybe in twenty in a hundred years there'll be evidence. This will be evidence. They were just like, oh fuck. No, I listen. I get it, but they it wasn't the worst thing in the. I, it's not their fault. I can't blame them too much. Fuck them. That's what I say. <sighs> they're little. They're small town sheriffs. Well, anyway, he that's was just the like, last of the story. How's it going? What's the holy fuck? I don't know. Clean it. Hey, up. what's all this jam on the? Fo- oh my god. Uh, yeah, but I think I don't think you, I don't know if you mentioned that. So they never caught him at all. No. Um, now, if you want to listen to a um, a podcast that went more in depth 
into this. I, again, I recommend Astonishing Legends. They did a whole in-depth, like they do a shit ton of research. They did a whole series on this where they suggested that it was actually a um, a serial killer that was traveling across the United States. It's yeah. actually really interesting. Um, another cool thing about it too is if you are super into true crime or like ghosts and stuff, um, in Iowa, the Vliska Murder House is still open and standing. Yeah. And it, they actually let you stay overnight there, kind of mm-hmm. like a hotel ish. It's not like yeah. beds and shit. You got to like bring a sleeping bag. Yeah. Jose and I have not had the chance to do but it yet. We got to do it. We, we're really interested. Yeah. But anyway, you guys can check that out if you if yeah. you want to if you want to look at it. If you're and if you go there, like tell them we sent. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll That's be like, who? Good idea. But no. But yeah, you should. You yeah, should sit. Do it. Tell them. Yeah. Tell them. Fuck Please. Fucking tell them. Please. If you tell them and they get a hold of us, we'll see if we can shoot it. Uh, do an Oh, that would be the podcast. most fucking awesome thing ever. In the Velisca house. Yeah. And then we'll get a sleeping bag and we'll go do one on the Columbus Junction Bridge. <laughs> no, just kidding. Fuck that. Fuck that. We get... The bridge is scarier. Yeah. Because it's a bridge. It could just fall even if yeah. it's not haunted. And with that, it's time to wrap the show up. If you like the show, he wrapped it up. it up. If you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review, which you can do in-app. We'd really appreciate it. Plus... It really helps the show, and we'll read review. We'll read your review on the show. <laughs> I was just scatting. I like to scat sometimes, you know. You can support the show by going to Patreon.com/slash/CaptainsLogcast and donate a dollar, or similarly, you can also donate whatever amount you like on Venmo by Venmoing J-V-A-L-L-E twenty-seven. Please get us out of the studio. Please. We need microphones. Yes. Anything helps keep the lights on, and remember. Everything goes towards improving the quality of the show. Yeah. And so we don't have to deal with the fucking box elder bugs and that fucking kid playing on the piano. Eventually, if you can get us enough money, we can replace Jose with a better host. Yes! We can finally pay somebody to do Jose's job. We can get, um, God, who's a better version of me? I mean, there's a lot of people who could be. Guillermo del Toro is interested. He, he has expressed interest, yeah. But we can't afford him yet. No. However, if those options don't float your boat, there is another way you can help out the show. You can click the Amazon affiliate link in the episode description and buy whatever you might get on Amazon, and we get a kickback from it at no cost to you. I am going to recommend the movie Cabin in the Woods this week, but again, if you decide not to get that and you want to buy anything, as long you can buy whatever you want as long as you click through the link. You can help us in the easiest way possible. Go buy it. So go do that. Go buy a toolbox. I'm just guessing. But I don't have a toolbox in oh, my I house. Could, I need to buy a toolbox. Right? Yeah. That's a thing adults yeah. need, and I don't have one. Get a toolbox. I yeah. got tools, I guess, but yeah. not a box for them. Yeah. Go buy a toolbox. Um, You'll thank me later. Mason, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mason Schrader. Uh, M-A-S-O-N-S-H-C. Stop. There's no fucking C, you piece of shit. Mason, S-H-R... Fuck, that's my email. <laughs> Sorry, I started doing my email account. <laughs> M-A-S-O-N-S-H-R-A-D-E-R. You can follow me there. I mentioned this last episode. I'll start. I don't use my Twitter, but if I get to 125 followers, I'll start tweeting again. And then his depression can go up. We want him to get super depressed. I'll get funnier, probably. You'll be more mad at the world like I am. Yeah, because you're the cynical one, you fucking dick well you can follow me on instagram at j.via jr and that's and the uh, show on twitter at captain's log pod j o s with a little accent mark e. no the accent mark is on the e you bumbling idiot we recommend <laughs> movies on there and post show updates and tweet some occasionally funny things so go check it out you can also subscribe on youtube where you can find me as jose via jr animal productions and of course the show's official youtube channel uh, Mason and I have a really interesting project coming up. Mason, you want to mention that? Yeah, so if you guys really want to see our faces or if you're uh, interested in hearing more from us, uh, we've got a project called Dunces and Dimwits coming up, which is a video podcast, uh, but it'll also be available audio only on all your favorite podcast places uh, where Jose, uh, I, and a friend of ours play Dungeons and Dragons, having really never played it before. And you can learn along with us. Yeah, or not, probably. Or just watch me... Just try so hard. He's it's rough. Just try so hard to just be anything on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, make sure to tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoyed mm-hmm. it and if you'd like to tell uh, us about how we shouldn't have laughed at uh, Lena and Nina's uh, names or about how you know someone who was definitely stung by the radioactive hornets, please do so by writing into captainslogcast at gmail.com. It's not our fault their parents named them Lena and Ina. That's inherently hilarious. 
especially if they get murdered. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back on, etc. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Max Bennion for composing the show's theme. And with that, everybody, we've reached the end of our show. Tune in next time at the same time and on the same frequency for another episode. I've been your Captain Jose Valle Jr., joined by... Mason Trader, the first mate. And this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. Pew!